1: Superhero, without the costume. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
2: About this apology for me is that it's gonna restore a little bit of of my my reputation here in Canada. It's and maybe that would give people an opportunity, you know, to give me a chance and to think there might be more than what is just said in the media.
0: Yeah, so it's going to restore a little bit of his reputation in Canada. He being Omar Cotter. What reputation might that be? I wonder. We're speaking about uh, Omar Cotter, as I just tweeted at the Roy Green Show. Omar Cotter, Canada's newest multimillionaire with your tax dollars. It's interesting that in another tweet we played for you, or a clip we played for you, he said it's not like he won the lottery. Interesting that he'd make the lottery analogy without being prompted. Mr. Omar Cotter, $10.5 million on the Liberal Government of Canada. Delivered the money on Wednesday, and that was before the lawyer for Tabitha Spear, the widow of Christopher Spear, Chris Spear, the uh, American medic who was killed with uh, by Cotter's grenade, and before Lane Morris, the former Special Forces Sergeant to the United States, who lost his eye from that grenade, had the opportunity to file an intervention and try to get at least some of that $10.5 million that was earmarked for Mr. Cotter. Mr. Cotter. We've been talking about him for a long time. My gut tells me this isn't the last time we're going to speak about Mr. Cotter. Scott Newark is with me. We're going to take your calls at 800-263-2428. Your points of view on what has, what's what's gone, gone on this week and the questions you want to ask. Scott uh, is former Alberta Crown Prosecutor former executive director of the Canadian Police Association, vice chair of the Ontario Office for Victims of Crime, the director of operations for the investigative project on terrorism in Washington, D.C., and was a security policy advisor to the governments of Canada and Ontario. Anything you want to say before I take a call, Scott?
1: Just one um, a quick point. Uh, you mentioned about my role with the Office of Victims of Crime. As you know, um, right after 9-11, and I mean literally the next day, Um, our office actually sent people down to uh, New York to help the Canadian victims. We knew they were going to be Canadian uh, victims and families. Uh, And we ended up setting up a special project, the uh, Mike Harris government, uh, the assistance of uh, Attorney General uh, David Young and uh, Senator, uh, or now Senator, uh, then Minister Bob Runciman. We created a special fund. And we did that precisely because the federal government was doing nothing to help uh, Canadians who've been victimized by terrorism, we got uh, a group of them uh, together, and we helped to try to work with the uh, the federal government. And the contrast between the way the federal government has treated uh, Canadian victims of uh, terrorism and the way they have uh, given Omar Khadr $10 million, in my opinion, is disgusting.
0: Well, now that you said that, I, I want to read the email yeah. that I received from Maureen Basnicki, who's a friend of both of ours. Yes, she's one of the ladies. She's a, she's a wonderful, wonderful woman who's done a tremendous amount For the people of this country, after her husband, Ken, was murdered at the World Trade Center, he was in the building at the time. It was attacked with the aircraft, and uh, he died. And uh, Maureen is the co-founder of CCAT, the Canadian Coalition Against Terror. She's also the motivation behind uh, the National Day of Service, and was very active, actively involved in the 15th anniversary uh, commemoration Of the tremendous generosity of the people in Gander, Newfoundland, last September the 11th. And guess who couldn't make it because he had a day off? Mr. Nice Hair. Couldn't do it. So I want to read you this email that I received from Maureen this week. I don't think anyone knows this information. I don't think it's been public anywhere. I spoke with Maureen this morning and I said, is it okay if I read this, all of it? And she said, yes. Yes. It's okay. So, because she's really motivated only by one thing, and that is to protect people in this country. So Maureen writes, uh, note that France defines its victims of terrorism as victims of war. I won't debate if Cotter is a child soldier. Certainly, I believe that a 15-year-old, soon to be 16, understands that if you throw a grenade, you'll cause death and serious injury. My purpose is not to lessen or argue against whether Carter is a victim. I only wish to emphasize who the true victims of terrorism are. If Carter is a child soldier, does it not correspond that my Ken and the other victims of the 9-11 attack can be defined as unarmed soldiers in the war against terrorism? Why did my Canadian government come after me to pay taxes owed by my murdered husband for taxes owed in 2000 and 2001 This was done around the first anniversary and my first shipment of body parts. Why are my taxes going to contribute to a child soldier who's killed our allies? Why has our government chosen to do this without a court order? Why did our previous government not provide fairness to the Canadian victims of terrorism that actually lived in Canada? Why was there such an imbalance between the support provided to Canadians living in the U.S. and Canada? Why are Cotter's lawyers angry that the large amount of compensation and apology was leaked to the media? Do we not believe in the transparency of our justice system? Was this to be sneaked to Cotter for political purposes? Certainly Cotter's lawyers have criticized Harper many times in the past. Many questions. Maureen. So think about this, everybody. I'm just going to read these lines again. Why did my Canadian government come after me to pay taxes owed by my murdered husband for taxes owing for 2000 and 2001. This was done around the first anniversary and my first shipment of body parts. There's something else that Maureen mentioned to me this morning. It's not in this email. Our federal Canadian government, headed then by Jean Chrétien, federal liberal government, went after... Maureen Basnicki, for the monies that she received in U.S. compensation for the death of her husband. So the Canada Revenue Agency, under the direction of the Prime Minister's office, they all are, went after Maureen Basnicki for taxes, income taxes for her husband, on the first anniversary of 9-11, and then similarly, almost at the same time, wanted to tax the any money she received from the United States in compensation for the loss of her husband in 9-11. This is the kind of inhumane, brutal, horrific treatment that is afforded a Canadian victim and a Canadian widow. But for Mr. Cotter, we have $10.5 million.
1: And you know, Roy, as well, too, the Canadian government uh, and the Supreme Court of Canada, our activist Supreme Court... Uh, seems to like to look down its nose at the Americans in the way that they uh, do things systemically. The Americans, after nine eleven, the Americans took systemic measures in tax relief to help the victims of nine eleven, and they extended it to Canadians, something which we have never done. Yeah, and that's I what mean. Marine is getting at in that... Scott uh, you know, Scott, well.
0: I'm going to talk to a caller here in a second. Phone lines are all busy, but... Uh, I remember speaking with uh, with Erica... Basnicki, Maureen's yeah. and Ken's daughter, and she, we have the clip somewhere, and it was right on the anniversary of 9-11, we'd gone to New York City to broadcast yes. on the first anniversary on the Chorus Radio Network, and uh, Erica came on the air, and she talked about an encounter that they had had, the families had had, with uh, President Bush and with Prime Minister Chrétien. Yes, I was there. You were there, we okay. organized the trip. Okay, so, yeah, you were so heavily involved with, with all, yeah. everything that was going on. I remember Erica saying that President Bush hugged all the Canadians, spent time with all of them, was was generous, kind, compassionate, and she said, "Krechans attitude, he might as well have gone and spit on the graves. He was, um... I'm quoting directly. Uh, i never forget.
1: I He also, on that same trip, if you recall... Uh, Uh, said publicly that he, quote, understood why the terrorists did what they did.
0: That's right. That's right, he did. Uh, That was that trip, huh?
1: Yes, it was uh, disgraceful.
0: Good God. We'll come right back. Roy
1: won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show, at the Roy Green Show. Tweet me there, and I'll read some tweets on the air. Emails to Roy at com. Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Um, tweet uh, Scott from someone we both know well, Jason Kenney. Uh, just tweeted that um, at Maureen Basnicki is fantastic, and he's so correct. you there, Scott?
1: Yes, 100%. She was uh, great in pulling everybody together and uh organizing things and trying to help uh, victims uh, go through these uh, very difficult circumstances and to improve things systemically so that it didn't happen in the future.
0: Let me get uh, some callers on the air at 800-263-2428. Rob is in Hamilton. Rob, thank you for the call. You have a question.
1: Yes,
2: I was just just wondering why uh, he can invoke his rights under the Charter when the acts he committed weren't on Canadian soil and he wasn't mistreated on Canadian soil. I I think this whole thing is obscene. I I think it's a real slap in the face to all our veterans
1: and all our taxpayers. Thank you. Um, I don't disagree with you, sir. And, in fact, there is actually a Supreme Court precedent that says that people don't enjoy charter rights while not in Canada, but the Supreme Court concluded that because the activities that were involved involved Canadian officials and their participation in what was a uh, scheme that was contrary to Canadian international commitments, that those actions of the Canadian officials caused a direct impact that uh, therefore triggered his uh, charter rights. Um, Personally, I think that this is yet another example. You know, like the the Jordan case that has seen so many... uh, cases being thrown out of what happens now that we have uh, activist judges. But that is the reason why.
0: All right. Remember that we'll be speaking with Lane Morris, the former U.S. military special forces sergeant who was in that firefight, that uh, battle between uh, al-Qaeda and Taliban and uh, and Omar Khadr and lost his eye. Lane Morris will be joining us at the top of the next hour. He has a lot to say about the fact that the Canadian government uh, very quickly and uh, with little fanfare made sure to funnel the money to uh, to Cotter before there could be an objection filed by the lawyer for Mr. Morris and for Tabitha Speer. Um, Bill in Toronto, go ahead, Bill.
2: Yeah, the Liberals couldn't get that out there fast enough, could they?
0: Seems that way.
2: Well, you know what? I remember in, uh, in centennial year in 1967, I I'm so proud to be Canadian, and now this, the 150th, you know, I'm just i disgusted with this. What would the Liberals do? They they, they mine the uh, political uh, landscape, and what can we do to get votes? You know, in in Ontario, a billion dollars buys two seats. Ten million here is going to buy some more Liberal support within communities. This is so disgusting. I'm so... I, I can't tell you how upset I am about this.
0: Bill, do you think this is going to have enough traction that in two years' time, when the next federal election is underway, that Canadian voters will remember?
2: Well, you know what? The Proud Boys in Halifax, I think we're under siege, we're under attack. And I think we're, we're going, we're tucking our tails, and we're going and we're hiding away.
0: All right. Thank you for the call. Scott, uh, you've worked with, with with conservative governments, but you've also had uh, – uh, I don't know if you've worked with liberal governments or not.
1: Sure, sure. After the 2003 election, yeah.
0: Okay. I'm, I wouldn't know these things because I don't – They
1: shut down our office. Oh, sorry.
0: That's right. They did, didn't they? Yeah. They. The liberal government of Dalton McGuinty shut down the office for victims of crime, and wasn't there some fifty million dollars that were unaccounted for? Not that they went in anybody's pockets, but they might have gone to general revenues that were dedicated for to victims.
1: No, actually, no? it was uh, they. What they did was they, in effect, uh, neutered our office. They stopped its operational responsibilities, and we had already identified the funds. That's what Mike Harris, I think, created our office for. The bureaucrats were essentially uh, not spending the, mon- uh, the money the way that they should be, and so you needed some people who understand the syst- understood the system. We came in, found the money, took a little while, but we ultimately did get the money deployed. Okay. I don't know what the circumstance is right now, Roy, because it's been a long time. Yeah. We managed to get it done under. Uh, I
0: remember asking for a long time, where's the 50 million? Where's the 50 million? Where's the 50 million? And I didn't get an answer. So I remember that. Um, all right, so let me ask you then, because. W- this is liberal government stewardship. Maureen Basnicki's time was liberal government stewardship. Is there a? Is it about the political parties, and is it about the philosophy, and is it about the way the two parties approach politics and 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 and, and identify opportunity?
1: Um.
0: Fair question or not?
1: I don't. Uh, I mean, everybody's going to make up their mind about that. I'm not sure that uh, um, I. I would make that as generic a statement. I think it's more, uh, in my opinion, the arrogance of this particular government and it's sort of a we-know-best mm-hmm. approach to everything and their, you know, look down the nose at anything U.S., George W. Bush, okay, that it must have been evil as opposed to, you know, actually looking at the facts and doing what is
0: right. The, the question, I guess the question people are asking is this. Did the liberals turn over $10.5 million because they sensed there was a politically opportune time to do so?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they did it because uh, they just they realized that the uh, uh, cutter and his lawyers were going to fight this, and they didn't want to look like what they perceived to be the quotation marks bad guys. Hmm. And so they <laughs> felt that this was simply an easier way to do things. Fact
0: is, if they'd gone to court and fought it, most Canadians would have said, "Well done." Well, I
1: think so. Most Canadians would I have I said, Teresa theresea- Necessarily, the way they look at things. Yeah. Right. The government n- is about choices. Yeah. And choices reflect your priorities, and I have a feeling that this uh, action here has touched a nerve with
0: Canadians. Yeah, well, you can bet, bet on that. Teresa, would you have said, had the Liberals decided to fight the $20 million lawsuit that Omar Carter launched against this country, had the Liberal government of Justin Trudeau said, no, we're not going to give you anything. You're going to have to fight in court for every single dollar that a court may decide that you're entitled to. Would you have supported that? Yeah,
1: because the, the Supreme Court never said he, w- he should be getting any financial compensation. Correct. They just said he needs to be repatriated. So, I mean, they'd be lucky if they get $100,000. Considered uh, that Trudeau was willing to give them this $10 million and, and then in in the sneaky way he tri- tried to kneecap the U.S. plaintiffs, I think there was some serious blackmail going on here. What does Dennis Edney have on Trudeau, oh, I, Liberals, I, and Goodell that they don't want anybody to know I, about?
0: Where does. I, I don't know. The word blackmail, Scott.
1: I. Um, I, I, I I think, uh, actually, what we've talked about before is that they uh, they perceived that they could be made to look bad by what they consider to be their base, and yeah. they could care less about it being taxpayers' money, and they also could care less about what most of us would call the difference between right and wrong. And I just want to add, I have this nagging bad feeling that this is a little cozy kind of a deal that's been struck by Federal Department of Justice lawyers and the private lawyers so that, the, you know, the uh, the insiders club everything
0: gets done uh, nicely. You know, I, I there's no way that I can disagree with that assessment because it happened so fast, it happened so quietly, okay. and then they were upset when it became public. Yeah. So there's there's ample, I think, uh, at least peripheral evidence that what you that what you surmise is correct. Scott, thank you for the time. Okay, Roy. Really appreciate it. All right. Uh, Scott Newark joining us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, former Alberta Crown Attorney and former Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association, also Security Policy Advisor to the governments of Canada and Ontario. We'll come back and tell you about the next hour. You will not want to miss it. You won't want to miss any part of today's show. We'll tell you about the next hour in just a minute.